Hello everybody, I am Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express, and if you would like to purchase some merchandise from World's Number One Mid-South Wrestling Podcast, check it out, all the products. That's on redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. They have everything from t-shirts, phone cases, mugs. Remember now, redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. Thanks very much, Ricky. And that link again is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Mid-South Moments. We welcome back friends of the show today, Terry Canova and Phil Segal. How are you doing today, Terry? I am great. Uh, went to the casino for the first time in over a year. And, uh, you know, thankfully in, in the South, we... Uh, you know aside from having to wear a mask we we, we are we're full go man yeah that's really good we're getting to enjoy life again here so yeah. did, did you come out on did you come out on top last night did you win or did the casino win but no i, I didn't say i won at blackjack <laughs> i said i played blackjack uh, yeah, yeah but but thankfully we we played for about four hours so mm. you know we we played for four hours and had a good time you know and so uh yeah very very blessed oh that's fine that's really fantastic here and i think we're all getting we're all getting there now aren't we? we're talking off air and um, phil how, how are you doing over there doing really well considering um listed what you described as the lockdowns you're still been under till recently yeah we haven't been that way for six months or a year almost it seems like since it's been that strict so but glad you got to get out and play some golf yeah uh, tan is looking really good by the way <laughs> i was just i was just saying <laughs> off air to the guys that so so just really keep this brief for the for the u.s listeners so we've just started to open up in the uk so everything is what sorry in england wales and scotland are slightly different so everything in england we've just started to open up we can meet people outdoors which is not not amazing when it's sort of 55 degrees but the hearty drinkers of the uk are outside pubs in their kind of hats and big coats and stuff over the weekend and like making taking advantage of it so we are getting there now which is um which is really really good so yeah fingers crossed uh you know by the time the, the you know next time next one rolls around i might have even had a jab if, if we're uh, if we're lucky so yeah fingers fingers and toes firmly crossed um before we get on to um, the actual show review today, did, did either of you guys catch anything of, uh, you know, anything to do, anything, anything over the WrestleMania weekend, any of the festivities, or would, did that just no, sort of no interest? I know, Phil, we had a bit of a conversation about it on um, on Twitter. So did any of that sort of mm -hmm. go, come across your radar too much? And also, as a second, as a follow-up question, did you feel that there was any buzz um, in terms of, you know, obviously you guys see the mainstream, um, you know, sports news, normal news. What was the buzz like for WrestleMania this year? Terry, go ahead. Well, well, for me, so so we were actually in Orlando at Universal Studios, and, and I, I came really close to taking a day trip to uh, to Tampa mm. just to go maybe do some meet and greets and, and see some of the old school guys. I, I never did, um, but but I did. We did watch a little bit of WrestleMania from my computer and in, in, in the condo, and, and uh, you know, uh, enjoyed the the matches I saw. Uh, you know, again, I, I usually watch WWE stuff about once a year come yeah. WrestleMania time. And so didn't know a whole lot of the background stuff, but 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 enjoyed the matches, had a good time watching them. Uh, as far as the buzz, you know, I, I saw a few things on Twitter, but but nothing, 
you know, no, nothing out of the ordinary and nothing really that jumped out at me personally. Yeah, no, I, I kind of felt the same. I, I, I've barely watched rest, I barely watched any, any pandemic era WWE, so it's kind of like I was jumping in as well. And um, Phil, how about you? And also tell tell because uh, obviously hit this side of the pond. Our WWE network access is exactly the same as it's always been. Obviously, you guys have had to switch over to Peacock. How have you have, have you switched as of yet, or you, have you kind of because the Mid South stuff and the old stuff are not on there yet? Um, so, how have you found that so far? Well, yeah, I've had a subscription had for uh, subscription to the WWE network for a while, mm. uh, mainly for what Terry and I like the older stuff, you yeah. know. But I would would jump, but then seeing some of the um, maybe documentaries they'd put together on some more recent guys or, or something. So, but mainly I was watching stuff from the seventies on my WWE network, yeah. but occasionally when the Royal Rumble would come on or something and one of the major events I could hop on and watch. So, um, yeah, I was messaging you. I saw that you'd put something on, on Twitter and he's watching matches. Oh, you know what? I'm going to hop on there. I'm going to watch WrestleMania mm. and found out it'd been, no, it'd been, termed because they switched to peacock and i have yeah. to sign up for peacock and i made a comment um maybe or maybe it was after and you were had less than stellar reports <laughs> on it i said well maybe i maybe I didn't good thing i didn't waste my seven day free trial on peacock now <laughs> so i don't know what uh peacock's gonna have with the wwe i might pick it up because there are times when i like to watch some um, uh, other stuff yeah, older I, stuff but i would i certainly would the answer i would have watched it had my subscription not been terminated because of the switch to peacock yeah it's interesting one i think i think um that they're allegedly they're going to have most most of all of their archive available by SummerSlam, so probably second to last weekend of august but it's i, I understand obviously they've, they've they've already edited some of the stuff of classic wrestlemania which is fine i do understand it it's a different you know different parent it's nbc isn't it i believe is the parent for peacock um, so, so in terms of their sort of standards and practices, there's certain bits and pieces they don't want on there. But I'm not sure I would have the subscription to the WWE Network right now if it wasn't for the archive, um, because it's just not. And actually, funnily enough, I got kicked, I got booted as well, um, fell out of my subscription because for the first 18 months or so, um, you couldn't get the WWE Network here legally. So I had a VPN at the start. So I, I was, oh, my was, okay. yeah, my original address was. Uh, the Westin Hotel in New York, where we stayed for one uh, WrestleMania many, many, right. many moons ago. So that was right. that worked out perfectly for me for yes, it all those I, years I, until I logged in. It's like, yeah, you got to switch over to Peacock now. I'm like, oh, brilliant. So yeah, we go. So I, I just re-signed up again. I have done that to watch things I can't see here in the States on Netflix and stuff. But to yes. your question about buzz, this year would have been the least amount of buzz I've ever seen. I don't think I saw anything on mainstream media. You just other what's on Facebook groups and talking about you know, different groups that are wrestling oriented talking about rest. You know, I remember years ago, WrestleMania would get covered yeah. on our nightly newscast in the sports section, but yeah. I feel like for just Nothing to close off on WWE, I feel like for me personally, it was, I, I said to your friend, I stayed up two nights, which is pretty brutal. Even one night doing that is, is fairly brutal, but yeah. two 5 a.m. finishes yeah. is quite hard going. And, but I, I found, I felt like the buzz in kind of, fringe WWE fan circles was more that this is going to be a show in front of fans and we're like we're, we're yeah. pumped for this show in front of fans and then you watch it and like but it's still WWE which is fine like a lot of the work was was, was very credible on it but I just found them like at this point in time this is not 
for my taste, and obviously this is all about opinions and, you know, opinions make the world go around. For, for my taste, this is kind of second tier wrestling on the main roster. Um, and there's there's lots of other better wrestling for, for my sort of taste. But there we go. They sold they sold some tickets and it's, it's just a good thing that there's, um you know, a live crowd at WrestleMania again. So we will move forward now to the April the 20th, 1985 episode of Mid-South Wrestling. Um, and we've got, which I'm very pleased about, um, the dream team of Joel Watts and Jim Ross at the desk. And they're both in their matching glorious Mid South Blazers. Yeah, what well, have we talked about these Blazers before? Um, uh, Phil, what do you think of these Mid South Blazers? You know, it certainly is a different look than we had. Yes, um, but uh, I I really do think that they were trying to copy things like we talked about uh, Monday Night Football with. Howard Cosell mm. and Danny Don Meredith and and Frank Gifford they they those three that I really think they kind of patterned it after that so trying to class up the place yeah absolutely what do you think Ted would would, it, would this be one that you'd like to make a purchase of with this uh, Mid South Blazer <laughs> well now maybe yes as a collectible uh, yeah but. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I agree with Phil. It's it's almost like they 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 trying to be a little bit more mainstream, mm. you know, as opposed to uh, Boyd in his wild suits and you know everybody wearing their own thing. It's a, it's a little more structured, a, a little more mainstream, and a little more. I guess. Let me throw this comment in in right here because he just brought up, if you don't mind, Boyd Pierce jacket. I found out some information this week on where his jackets came from oh yes go on you like to know yes please yeah Yeah. okay i was watching i can't remember one of the wrestlers talking about the old days i can't remember right now but i wrote that note as soon as i heard this i wrote it down to share those jackets were made by hand by boyd pierce's wife from curtain material drapes <laughs> wow could buy drapery and make those jackets yes yes wow that is um that is quite that's quite something isn't it well i mean imagine how long that must have taken to to make a make a suit like a, a custom fit suit i mean and there were loads of them as well i mean we've seen we've seen i mean we must have seen oh. at least 25 i'd imagine over the last 18 months you think 20, about 25 suits he does recycle them sometimes at least, but yeah. yeah at least 25 i'd say yeah absolutely and um, Terry, your T-shirt makes me think of a show I've just watched that you, I must um, I must bring up. Have you seen Your Honor, which is based in? I've never seen it. I've never seen too many TV shows based in New Orleans before. But that's the one with Brian Cranston. It was on Showtime, I think, in the states. But it's very good if you've not seen it. Absolutely. I went to my my dad's house a couple of weeks ago. He lives here in Mobile. Him, my mom, mm. and he said, "You have you've got to see this." Mm. And I don't have Showtime, so he recorded it and put it on a DVD for me. Oh, great! And yeah. really good show. Yeah, really, really Terry, like, show me your shirt. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. Show me your shirt, Terry. I didn't see it. I just got my New Orleans Saints. Uh... Oh, of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. Those listening body aren't missing anything at all. <laughs> My old Japan women's t-shirt is not much better, to be honest. So there we go. Um, so yeah, on with, on with the show. We've got um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is here along with the Barbarian, the Dirty White Boys versus Brickhouse Brown and Rocky Mant- Montana. Uh, Dutch Mantel is here, plus the fourth round of the TV title tournament between Steve Casey and Jake Roberts. Um, and Joel guarantees that's going to be a classic confrontation. 
Ross then recapped the Skandar Akbar interview from last week and we cut back to clips from it and back to Ross as he questioned who was the prime target of Skandar's aggression, Terry Taylor, Hacksaw Duggan or Brickhouse Brown. So Kamala was in, was in action up first against the masked Marvel, who was wearing a fairly unflattering full red bodysuit and red mask. And alas, I couldn't find anything about him. Do, do, do I, um, Phil, first, do you remember this guy at all? No, I searched for him. He's one of the characters that we have in these two shows that I don't remember seeing back then. And I don't remember seeing him in 2000 when I went through everything online and again in about 2010, I just don't remember him. So I, I tried to do a search. Um, I found a couple of things that might've been it. Normally when I got a mass wrestler, I always go back to look, if I don't know now who they were as another character, I'll go back and look. Yeah. But I did not find much. There was somebody around 85, that use that moniker, but the picture didn't look anything like the body style was not anything like this. So I don't have any idea who this was. And as you mentioned, Joel and, and Ross earlier, you've mentioned it before when the camera's on Joel, when he looks at the camera, he always looks sick and scared. <laughs> and he, <laughs> yeah, I think we all would if, we're, if, if our father was Bill Watts and we were employed by him, right. I think, wouldn't we? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I just had to backtrack there for a second. But no, I I really don't know anything about this mass Marvel. Yeah, I wonder. I get I get the impression that some of the some of these mask guys are other people, but they're just putting them in there so they're mixing up the kind of enhancement talent a bit. Terry, do you have any memory memories of this guy at all? No, no, no I, I don't. I I did uh, kind of guess think the same as you guys is I kept trying to figure out who it was. Yeah, because because I I absolutely assumed. If he's a masked wrestler, he's not getting a push. He's going to definitely get squashed. It's someone else under a mask. Yeah. Just trying to fill a spot. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not sure about, I'm not sure that that red was doing much for him, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I, I've, I've said this in the podcast when I can't remember if you, but we're playing golf in the winter here. You get like these Under Armour tops at skin tight. I'm not sure, unless you're Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you're just not, right. look, not looking good in one of those, right. unfortunately. And then the mask guy was certainly in that category here. Um, so, Ross called Kamala one of the most impressive specimens in all of wrestling. 400 pounds of fury and he commented on Scandal's trip to Haiti with Kamala which had restored their relationship um, the masked marvel got one punch in but Kamala no sold it and he was deposited in 51 seconds with the splash Kamala remained lying on the marvel after the bell as Scandal kneeled next to him Joel speculated that maybe Scandal didn't have the control after all um, we then got Duggan coming out shouting for Kamala to get off the masked marvel and we actually got Duggan briefly in a split screen here, which is obviously a use of not of new technology. So we saw him coming out and then getting in the ring and it kind of was on there a little bit too long, but obviously quite, you know, quite interesting. And then Kamala retreats to the floor. And Terry, first, what did you think of this opening contest with Kamala and the masked Marvel? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I honestly, I, I missed the episodes leading up to it. So I was a little curious about Friday, but they do talk, they do talk oh, about yeah. it. Uh, Terry a Taylor bit later on. basically murdered <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> what a baby face move. He killed him with a pile driver on the floor. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and I thought the little backstory about Haiti, you know, was interesting. Yeah. I, I mm. guess they, they want us to think that a little voodoo uh, maybe occurred and, and, uh, and Skandar got him brainwashed and made him more vicious. Uh, but, uh, you know, typical Kamala squash and, and, uh, it's always fun to see Hacksaw come, uh, Come, come, you know, face to face with the uh, with the Ugandan giant. Yeah, absolutely. What did you think of this one, Phil? Got a got a couple notes on here. My first one was pick and pick with a question mark. 
kind of good. To, they've got this new technology and they're wanting to show it off. Yeah. You know, there was, there's not a, he was in the, he was in this big shot, you know, and it, it wasn't really a close up of him on the pick and pick. So it's just like they wanted to show that they're up with the times, I guess here. Um, so, um, yeah, I think if, um, what y'all talking about Friday had a baby face been pile drived on the concrete by heel, yeah. <laughs> that would have been the worst thing that ever happened. You know, yes. that would have been, they would have talked about that for weeks. Um, going back to a couple of podcasts you had earlier, I've enjoyed listening to them. I'm getting mostly caught up. I was a couple behind there for a little bit, but I got caught up and you had one of your guests might've been Dan. I'm not sure, but you talked about, uh, Kamala splash, just hitting his knees way too long before he hit, hit the person. You know, uh, if you remember talking about that, but in this one and, and something that's always used to bug me back in the day when they'd go to commercial, they would always show the finish in slow motion of the match that just mm. ended. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. But that needs to be a good looking at, it needs to look like it was a real deal, you know? Yeah. Um, now this splash in this week, whoever your guest was talking about Kamala's splashes, this one looked really good, and it I looked like so. he hit him. He hit him belly first. The running so one is on a lot a, better than the the top right one, I think. Definitely, right, yeah. right. And and you can watch even in the slow motion, it looks really good after yeah. that match when Kamala squashed him. So on the new uh, Kamala squashometer, I'm giving <laughs> it about. An eight and a half or nine. Nice, yeah. I think this is the perfect. I, I've, I was critical of some of Kamala's longer matches, but this is what I want to see from Kamala. I want to. I want to him to come out of there, smash someone in 50, 50 seconds or something. Um, I, though I wouldn't. I perhaps wouldn't have had him retreating from Hacksaw. Actually, I would. I would have maybe had him go after him, but but um, scandalized to sort of get him away. I, I, I didn't. Uh, what did you think of that, uh, Phil? In terms of the. I'm not sure that character should be retreating perhaps. Yeah. I think when I saw that, I said that doesn't look right. But then I remember they talked about how Akbar's got more control over him. So yeah, yeah. Akbar, Akbar ordered him out of the ring. This makes Akbar look more like a, um, an unbrave person. However you yeah. want to say it. Uh, so I think it made look Akbar look worse or kayfabe worse. Um, and, and yeah. yeah so yeah uh, next up was Haxor himself in action going against Thor the number one stunning Steve Austin lookalike in the world um, Akbar, <laughs> do you know, don't you think I mean this guy I, I've got a comment about this you, you guys are sticking around for, for the following week's episode as well but I can't believe this guy has got to be the best looking best body best everything enhancement talent I think I've ever seen I mean he's what he's six foot five looks like a like an Adonis but I mean, yeah. it's, it's interesting the way he's used here. Um, so basically, Akbar was down there with a handful of money offering it to Thor, presumably to try and get him to injure Duggan. Um, Skandar distracted Duggan at the start and Thor attacked him from behind. <laughs> Joel said that Akbar had turned this into an impromptu bounty match. Um, Thor's offense only lasted so long with Duggan turning the tables with a big clothesline and he eventually won in 129 with a big spear. Um, after the bell, Duggan chased Akbar to the back and Akbar ran up the stairs in the Irishman Hills Boy Club, which is, which is a great shot. And Duggan actually hurled a chair up the stairs at him, which didn't quite land. Um, and as I, as I just touched on it, it's, it's surprising me that Thor is on the end of these relatively short squash, squash matches, given that um, his size and look. But I guess he was very, very green at the time. Um, Phil, what did you think of this one, Phil? 
Yeah, it's just surprising that that a guy with that kind of physique, they wouldn't put him at least in a few matches with some uh, enhancement talent guys first and at least let him mm. squash them a few times. Thor, uh, Thor is somebody they, they must've not been around too long in the mid South. Um, in sometime in the year between 2005, 2010, I found all the replays of AWA wrestling oh, great. when they yeah. would, uh, at the, uh, showboat arena in yes. Vegas, their weekly television show was from the showboat and, um, both Thor and the barbarian, uh, of course he was Kevin Kelly. He was mm. Kevin Kelly. And he was the top heel. He was oh, the top right. heel. Okay. In the, yeah. About uh, probably around 88, 89, and 90, or mm. maybe 89, 90, 91. He was the top heel in or one of the top heels in the AWA yeah. back then. Because he was pushed heavily when he when he got to WWF as nails later on. So it's interesting. I, I suppose, <laughs> like we'll talk about next week about Ed Carr Thomas. What I think is hard on these guys, because you, th- you think of some of the, some of the kind of, natural attributes and people that you would necessarily like today if they had like that look or you know that background or something you, you could see like a Vince McMahon pushed him to the moon like forget about any limitations but clearly Watts for some of these guys was like no 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 you're gonna you know you're gonna pay some dues here before um you know before we give you the you know the rocket on your back kind of thing um Terry what did you think of this um Thor and Hacksaw match yes yeah, it's the same same thing I, I wasn't aware who he was um and and I thought it was it, it was kind of ironic, you know, the, the way he was kind of thrown into that role and, and, and the, the result. Uh, it's almost like Mid-South at this time is still trying to figure some things out. Uh, yeah. you, you know, we'll see this later on with Brickhouse Brown and, and some of the other things. It's like they're not quite sure who they want to push and who, you know, who's going to be the stars yet. I mean, obviously, Duggan and Kamala at the top, you know, um, you know, Jake the Snake and the Barbarian and those guys, but but it's like there's still a lot of questions, and, and Thor was absolutely a question. Yeah, and do you know what? It's interesting, because I, I felt like these couple of shows that we watched are a little bit like the ones before Christmas, where DiBiase hadn't quite come back yet, and at this time, DiBiase's about to come back, but he's gone off to all Japan, and Butch Reed, I didn't even know this, did a run in the AWA that lasted a couple of months, um, so he's not there um, as well. So you've got two of their kind of main, 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 very push stars that are not in the promotion. You've got the North American title on Terry Taylor, which is obviously very new. And they're kind of throwing a lot of stuff. And obviously Brickhouse Brown's getting a big push at this time. So it's like, a, you know, I completely agree. It's like they're trying, they're trying some things, aren't they? And I suppose that this is probably reflective in maybe a, a slightly iffy few weeks at the gate with a couple of their main stars, you know, not being available, I suppose. Um Back from break, Ross recapped the angle last week with Ricky Morton's neck being caught in between the top and middle ropes. And Ross said they could have easily had a fatality with the dirty white boys making the situation worse. And they showed the end of what was a great tag team match and the melee afterwards. Um, Terry, any, anything to add on this um, this pretty heavy duty angle and recap from the, the previous week? You know, after knowing what happened to Mick Foley um, mm. by, by taking that bump, between the between those steel cables i mean you know goodness i I always cringe when i see somebody do that i I mean and so i I wondered if the dirty white boys really just came out to hold him up so he wouldn't you know choke himself as opposed you know because they were trying to make it look like they were you know enhancing the injury but but in in hindsight they may have been trying to save his life because it 
it, that's a scary looking buck when you when you when you take that. Oh, big time! What did you what did you think of this, Phil? This uh, this angle from the previous week. Well, I'm agreeing with Terry that anytime I can remember seeing somebody get their neck twisted in the cable, they'll have somebody out there supporting them. Yeah, um, they may make try to make it look like they're trying to hang them worse and to, to, but i think they probably had it pre-planned that they would do that and just try to get more heat but look like they're trying to hang him but uh, uh actually we're helping him not get hurt and boy i tell you uh ricky was great at doing it. he was that yes. went so quick he he had himself tied up there in a flash of an eye he was yeah, it was quick unbelievable, unbelievable spot um, back to Ross, and he said, you saw what the Dirty White Boys had tried to do to the Rock and Roll Express, and that Jake Roberts was as sick as an individual as he's ever seen, and he put over the awesome power of the Barbarian, who was in, re- in ring next, going up against Stony Montana. Um, so uh, Ross said that the Barbarian may just be the most awesome new force in all of wrestling. The Barbarian gave, gave his arm to tempt Montana into applying a wrist lock, but the Barbarian just slammed him down. Poor Stoney was dropped right over the top rope throat first before taking a timber-like bump from a big boot. Even Joel said he pitied poor Stoney. The Barbarian finished this one in 152 with the elevated Full Nelson, which I always, looks, always think looks pretty devastating. Um, and then the Barbarian refused the ref's offer of holding his arm up in victory, and that was that. And Phil, what did you think of this uh, short match between Mr. Montana and the Barbarian? The, the Barbarian is just so impressive yeah uh, appearance wise and everything you're like how is him and thor not um tag team champions you know uh and again later if just in just a couple of years he is in the awa just devastating people yeah and so yeah i mean it's um he he is, is is a you know very impressive talent what did you make of this one terry same thing. I was a fan of the Barbarian uh, at that time. And, and uh, you know, spoiler alert, they're going to give him a little, let him be a little, little, little more of a baby face here in a ah, few weeks. But, yeah. uh, but, but it's, uh, he's, he's so impressive. He's so impressive. Uh, and I've got a couple comments about Mr. Montana after the next match. So, uh, yeah. Good oh, stuff. okay, great. So the Dirty White Boys are up against Brickhouse Brown and Rocky Montana next. And Brickhouse is back out to his nucleus theme again. Are either of you familiar with this, this uh, Brickhouse? who has got his theme music now, which has had a, a couple of weeks. But I didn't know this song. He, he, I, you know, I didn't write down what song it was. I, I remembered it when I was watching it, but I okay. can't. I, can't, I, haven't, got the, I haven't got the yeah. title here. It's something by Nucleus. I don't think it made the Billboard Top 100 main chart, <laughs> but so yeah, perhaps not one of their best. Um, Brickhouse had a boombox in this week, uh, which also, which I, I, I don't think he had last week, but if he did, I didn't spot it. And I thought he looked great early on. There's a lovely double cross body block and some dancing, which Joel and Ross loved. Joel said that Brickhouse didn't take any jazz from anyone. And Rocky tagged in and the Dirty White Boys quickly got on top. Um, there seemed to be some dueling type chance from what was a quite active crowd, but I couldn't work out quite what they were saying. Um, did either of you hear what this crowd, almost like one section of the crowd was chanting something and another section was chanting something else? Did either of you hear that? I did not. Uh, I, I did not. No. Uh, I got it in front of me. I will, uh, if I can figure it out, I'll drop a tweet to yeah at mid moments yeah i couldn't I, I turned it up in my ears but i just couldn't i just couldn't work it out and i, I don't know i don't know whether they were complimentary chance so they could have been like i don't know brick house brown or, or whatever but yeah it was it was just interesting that there was that kind of dynamic in the crowd 
Um, Denton basically hit the fall away slam here in 253, which I thought was going to be the end, but he pulled him up on the pin and then dragged him over to the corner to make the tag to Brickhouse. Brown was in a house of fire on his comeback. And quite incredibly, Brown hit Denton with a flying headbutt after the Dirty White Boys had a clash of heads. And Brown won in 3.45. Um, Ross put over how not even the Rock and Roll Express had been able to beat this team. And Brown, basically, Brown has kind of done it by himself. And Brown celebrated with some more dancing. And it's clear, this is the, uh, Brickhouse has been around for a while and in and out. But this is, this is, this is clearly the biggest push that I've seen of him in Mid-South so far. Um, Terry, what did you make of this tag team match? Yeah, you know, for for someone who who lived lived the mid south and now rewatching it, I'd forgotten about this. It, mm. For for me, not remembering this, this was one of the biggest upsets. That yeah, I, that I was I've really seen. shocked. Yeah, yeah, because you know, because you know, we, we all know what becomes of Brick House, and and but for him to essentially beat the Dirty White Boys, who's one of the top tag teams in the Mid-South right now, beats him by himself, you know, uh, after the week before they put all this heat on them, you know, hanging Ricky Morton. It, it was, it, it was, it was a surprise for, yeah. for me to rewatch it. I, I was shocked with the ending. I'd forgotten how much they had, were pushing Brickhouse at this time. Yeah. I mean, it felt to me like Watts was like, I've got to get Brickhouse Brown hot. And even though I've been pushing the dirty white boys in this program of rock and roll express, I need to just, you know, they just need to take this loss to try and get Brickhouse hotter. And um, what did you make of this, Phil, in terms of the, the tag match and also the finish here? Oh, it was a huge upset, no yeah. doubt about it. And obviously, what Terry just said, the heat on the Dirty White Boys was used to help put Brickhouse even more over mm. by him single-handedly pretty much taking them out. And I, that time, Brickhouse, just before this, I think it, I'd seen him a bunch in WCCW. Yeah. Um, there is a pre-match hint to an upset. There's a tell. Okay. Here, here's what it was. Dirty white boys were already in the ring. Mm. Brickhouse got to come out with music. Yes. Right. That's, that's kind of, so, you know, you look over the years, that's kind of an indication who might win. So I think that was kind of a, uh, a prelude to an upset. Also, I'm going to bet that this was the only time Rocky Montana ever got to come out to intro music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have something to add on uh, Rocky Montana, uh, Terry? Okay. So, so again, I'm, I'm watching this stuff for the first time again in 35 years. And I see Montana wrestle the, the previous match. And then I see him come again. I'm like, wait a minute, this is the same guy. Right. So I, go back, right. <laughs> I go back and I rewind it. Well, the only reason I think I know this is because while I was stationed in the army, we would, we were, I was at Fort Campbell and we would go watch uh, the, the Memphis guys at mm. the Nashville fairgrounds. And it was Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee and those guys. Well, there was a tag team called the mod squad. Okay. Now I don't know this a hundred percent, but if you look them up, I think that's the Montana brothers. I'm going to look right now. Well, when I Googled Mod Squad, it does not list them as the Montanas. But yeah. if you Google them now and you look at their picture, I think that is, in fact, the tag team that became the Mod Squad in Memphis and, and, and a few other places. Ah, how interesting. Hmm. I wonder if... Um, yep. I wonder if the, on Cage Match, they've got the... Um, they've got their... Because they, they do the aliases and stuff on there. 
Um, yeah, see, Rocky Montana's come out. I'll, I'll have a look at that, and I will find. I'll get. I'll do some more. Yeah. Do some more digging. Yeah, yeah. Google Google Mod Squad and just look at the picture. And and it, it if it's not them, it's pretty dang uh, pretty close coincidence. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. So, so oh yeah, that I've just got them up now. Yeah, it does really does, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. It might. I think it must be. There, there's there, funny enough. There's there's Sting in one of the photos with them there, and there's there's they're in front of the old George Championship Wrestling set and in the in the bottom. So yeah, I think we might have made a discovery there definitely. So that's really that's really interesting. Um yeah, and obviously hit Rocky Montana. I suspect this is probably one of the few victories that goes in the wooden column on uh, on Mid South <laughs> as well here. But yeah, really interesting booking here. Um, next up, the TV title tournament match. Um, and Boyd reminded us of the winners' prize and the time limit before we got. Jake Roberts versus Manchester's own Steve Casey. Um, the upper back of Jake's red pajama bottom seemed to have been soaked with either water yes. or sweat. Yes, I couldn't stop looking at this, guys. What did you, did you did this? Was this as distracting to you as it was me? It looked like I had a thong on back then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a wet thong. Yes. A wet thong. <laughs> I I noticed it as well, and I guess when he when he did his uh, pre match. Wet, wetting his hair mm. uh it, it must have dripped down the back there because I, yeah. I noticed that as well it's not a great look and i suspect halfway through the match it kind of like it's the percentage of water versus sweat probably kind of evens out a little bit um so yeah jake tried to shove um casey down um, but casey cartwheeled out of it which frustrated roberts uh, and ross said that next week the tv title tournament will continue with tommy pritchard versus jim duggan joel said that roberts was a sort of guy who was very limber and it would be difficult to get his shoulders to the mat unless you did something devastating to him. And um, there was a long headlock spot during this, which Casey applied to Jake. Um, Ross said that Casey's unusual English style made him very hard to scout. Um, more headlocks from Casey as the sweat seemed to be worsening on Jake's trousers. Um, there was a DDT sign in the front row. So obviously some heel fans in Shreveport. As Joel said, that self-made man sometimes tend to worship their own creator. And he accused Jake of not being grateful for the God-given gifts he was given. Casey went for a monkey flip, which Roberts blocked. And he took a really exaggerate, exaggerated and huge bump out of the corner. At the seven-minute mark, Roberts got in control and started to wear down Casey with the front face lock. Patented short arm clothesline followed from Jake in 7.45. But again, then he settled into a front face lock uh, and Ross called it a superbly fought and even contest. Casey missed a big cross body block and fell out to the concrete floor after a good flurry. Roberts caught him coming back in and smashed the DDT for the win in a not in nine minutes and 30, which I think is the longest match I've seen on Mid-South so far. Ross said Roberts was on the title trail as he continued in the tournament. And um, it was really nice to see a longer match on the show. Um, and he, even though I could have, I would have been preferred maybe a minute less of chin locks. I thought this was really strong. And um, Phil, what did you think of this TV title tournament match between Roberts and Casey? It was a good match to watch. You know, Casey, a little bit different style than anybody else you've seen. Um, you know, the crowd seemed to really enjoy his cartwheel out of the arm drag. Yes. Um, boy, it is. Roberts really had to make an effort to fall out of the ring there. I think he thought maybe he was closer to the ropes when he took a drop kick and was going to take a bump out of the ring. I think he meant to do it, but it mm. uh, uh, that when Casey missed the, uh, flying body block you know he hits that mat he hits the mat hard yeah uh but uh i mean he bounces off of there and then out the ring it looked like a pretty hard bump yeah it was a good match to watch yeah yeah, i thought so too it's just nice seeing these guys go a lot you know go 
nearly 10 minutes, I thought I thought was 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 really enjoyable. What did you think of this one, Terry? Well, I, I would agree. It was it was a little more like an arena match, you yes. know, because it went a, went a little bit longer. The the interesting thing, though, uh, for me, is because you, you see it so little, uh, you know, during this time, it's almost like they took a little bit of luster off of Jake. Yeah. Because because he had to struggle more than Brickhouse Brown. He had to struggle more than Dugan. He had to struggle more than anybody else on the show so while while i will will agree it was one of the better matches it almost took a little shine off of jake because he actually had to struggle in a match yeah it's interesting i know you i don't completely understand what you're saying there. and I, I, the other thing i thought um is that not this didn't feel out of place on the show but when i looked at my notes when i was coming on this took this this i know it's only 10 minutes but this felt like it was it's basically a quarter of the whole show if you take if you think in and outs of, of ad breaks and stuff and, and more way more than a quarter of the wrestling it took up a huge chunk there actually isn't all that much on this show with this with this 10 minute match basically right. so i wondered whether that was part and parcel of it in terms of right we're going to ch- chuck these guys in for the whole segment um because actually this is kind of a little bit of a you know, placeholder week, um, and you know we've we've got the couple, you know, a couple more tapings to come, and there was no real big angles on on this show, but yeah, it was it was good to see these guys up in a you know a substantial match. Um, next up, Eddie Gilbert and the Nightmare versus Terry Daniels and Steve Brinson, um, and there was very little time left on the clock of the show, and poor Terry was on the receiving end of a lot of punishment in this one with both Gilbert and Nightmare beating him down. Um, Daniels landed one punch and then tagged in Brinson who was deposited in fairly short order with the Nightmare finishing him off with a pile driver for the win in 157 and clearly the clearly Gilbert and the Nightmare are getting an early push here um, any thoughts on on these on this match Terry and also any memories of, of Gilbert and Nightmare because these these two I think are two episodes into their Mid-South run at this point yeah I, I, I do remember uh remember them in the mid-south i i, I did yeah, i remember more of the latter end when when mm. some of the other feuds occur uh but but it was good to see them um you know i guess make their start together and uh and they really made the nightmare look like uh l- l- like a force yes yeah absolutely what did you think of this phil um i am fairly certain that uh tony i look up mask wrestlers do you know who this nightmare was? Uh, I think I, I, I can't remember, actually. Who, who was it, Phil? I think I do. It's several several characters, Mo- but I believe this is a guy that played Moondog. The Moondog. Oh, that's yep. it last week. Yeah, Moondog Rex, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Moondog Rex, yeah. This yeah, is yeah. Rex, yeah. 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 Um, who was interesting. WWF tag team champion at one point, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. I, I, that was... That's kind of the time before I'm aware of WF, which you can't really get it much of on videotape or anything. There is a bit on the network now. But yeah, so obviously this guy, and that that was prior to this, wasn't it? In terms of that run with the Moon yes. Dogs was prior to this yes, run. Yes, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. So, so it, you it, didn't it's, it's Randy Colley. Isn't that his name? Randy Colley? Is that right? That's probably yeah. right. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, yes, Randy Colley. Yes, played, absolutely. But he played, he played several characters and... Moondog spot. Now, Gilbert had had this same general character in a couple other territories. Mm. I think he did it in Memphis, uh, but certainly him, several of the uh, wrestlers on these episodes we're watching right now in uh, five to 10 years later, they're some of the main talent for Jim Cornette and Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yeah. 
So in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, they had Gilbert. They had a nightmare there too, but I don't think it's the same guy. I think that was uh, Danny Davis, but I'm oh, not right. sure. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. Is that right, now, Danny Davis? And, and I, I think it is, Phil. And, and also with Randy Collie, am, am I? Maybe I'm just losing my mind. But w- was there a third demolition person at at some point? Yeah. Because, yeah. Because I want to say that might have been Randy Collie as well. So, uh, so the dem- demolition, uh, the third, the third guy was Brian Adams in the end. Um, so okay, it was okay. the, guy, the guy that played that played Crush with accents. So Darso was one, and uh, I can't remember Axe's name off the top of my head. He was the he was the masked superstar, wasn't he? Before, superstar, yeah, Bill E. Yeah, Bill, Bill E. D. E. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes. So yeah, um, yeah, interesting. I mean, obviously, we we see a bit more Gilbert the following week, but I, I was impressed with him. You know, in, in this, and obviously, the Nightmare looked super impressive as well. So Ross said that in three weeks, we see the Freebirds and miss our Television Plus. Next week, Jim Duggan versus Tommy Pritch in the TV title tournament. I thought this this episode might be... I mean, we enjoyed the 10-minute match, but I thought this was a tiny bit flat, and I thought this was a little bit angle light, um, albeit, obviously, that, that that longer match was was enjoyable and rare in, seeing, in the sense of seeing something get, go nearly that long, or that, sorry, nearly 10 minutes, not nearly that long. Um, so, yeah, a bit, of a bit of an odd one. I don't know, this, this, is, this is a bit of an, un, an odd one, an unusual time in, in this promotion with a couple of big names out and maybe kind of just feeling out where they're going to go and not, I'm perhaps not really too sure next. Um, Phil, what are your final thoughts on the april 20th 1985 episode of miss south wrestling have we covered it all did we, we have, did i miss i thought no we've, co- we've covered it all no that's that's it and that's really? what i'm saying like it's it's we've just whizzed through it because there wasn't much on this show is the it was literally was there not a match between dutch mantel and this is you know episode what? you're absolutely right? right i've missed it thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> what are your final thoughts on that no right we'll skip back so sorry I've literally got four. I've got three lines about this. So Eddie Gilbert, before Eddie Gilbert, the Nightmare versus Terry Daniels and Steve Brinson, um, there was Dirty Dutch Mantel versus Tim Horner. So Joel called Mantel a great brawler, quick on his feet and a great strategist, but he is always a bit leery with someone who carries a ball whip to the ring. And Ross said he'd even named it and called it Shoe Baby, um, but they didn't know the significance of that. Do either of you know the significance of Shoe Baby? Shoe Baby, I think it's... um shooing away flies maybe on horses or or cattle maybe with that okay. i'm not i'm not certain of that but it could be ah. mantel won again with his front suplex i thought there's some decent action in this one um any thoughts on this uh this this phantom match that i managed to miss out so slap on my own risk no there for that i i thought they made mantel look really strong again yeah. going back to some of the other matches i, I mean they i think they made mantel look look even stronger than than jake uh you know, some some of these television title matches, uh, this tournament match is really questioned. You know, it's almost like it seems like you could have had a little better matchups. You know, no disrespect to, you, you know, the, the people that, that, you know, some of the ones losing these matches. But I don't know. Watts is really reaching right now for for some stars. And there's a weird one next week, which we'll, which we'll talk about um, on in this yep. tournament. A really, really weird one. And um, what did you think of this uh, Mantell and Horner match, um, Phil? Well, as I, I remember listening to your podcast uh, a week or two ago, and the uh, I guess you hadn't seen Dutch Mantel before. I've or... only really seen Dutch Mantel later as a manager, really. Right. Um, yeah. Right. But yeah, the uh, everybody always comes. It's kind of like George Animal still, the body hair. How hey, much can one guy have? Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I carry it. I carry a lot, but I passed down to my son 
a large amount. So when we're at the beach, <laughs> we can be at the beach and I'll joke with him. He needs to take off his sweater. Well, that's kind of, that looks like he needs to take off his sweater, you know? So, uh, yeah. I think the bit that, that's, the, the, sorry, go, go ahead. And then again, here, those two guys, Horner and Mantell, absolutely pivotal to Cornette's success at Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yeah. The, the bit with the man, Mantel hair that is, I find quite incredible is, is the thickness over the shoulders. So it's a full-on back to front. Just unbelievable. I wish I had that thickness of hair on my, on my head, but alas, not to right. be. Um, <laughs> right. So, right, sorry, I feel a bit deja vu now, but Phil, what are your final thoughts on the April 20th, 1985 episode of Mid-South Wrestling? You know, we have these every three or four weeks where they're yeah. – uh, uh, just not quite as good as some of the others. And the fact that they had a match that went so long with Jake, the snake is telling me that everybody was wrestled out or booked up or, you know, they got the mass Marvel in there that we'd never, you know, so they're, they were, you know, reaching grassman straws to get the card filled. And so they had them do a longer match, but it, you know, back then this was terrific television. We absolutely yeah, yeah. would have loved this. I mean, I, th- I think uh, this is the thing. You can't have, I don't think you can, even, even at the absolute, whatever, whatever your kind of thing you think about in terms of the absolute peak episodic television, and I guess for you guys, it'll be, it'll be absolutely this. I mean, this was voted by Wrestling Observer Newsletter readers back in 85 as the television show of 1985, and it was and 86 as well, actually. Um, so obviously, you know, this is, this is classic stuff. But if I thought, if I think about, you know, 98 Raw with Steve Austin or 96 WCW Nitro, there's, there's, there's iffy shows, there's so-so shows in there because you can't, AEW, uh, who, who I've largely been fairly positive about their television show, They've had some dreadful weeks recently in terms of in terms of their TV. So it's like, and that, though two hours is harder than one, but still same, same difference. Even in NXT when that was at its peak, you know, they'd had the week where you know it just doesn't, whatever it just falls in a place that you know you, I'm waiting to go there. I've just come off the Superdome show. I'm I'm going in that direction, but Butch is not there. Ted's not there. I need to hold off for them to come back. So it's completely understandable. Terry, what did you? What any of your final thoughts on this um, April twentieth, eighty five episode? Yeah, same thing as you guys. I, I totally agree. I, and I also, uh, and I think we'll hear a little bit from Watts here next week uh, when he de- when they're talking about a uh, an arena show. I mean, their their business must be down a little bit still, yeah. uh, missing Junkyard Dog because because you'll hear you'll hear Watts, you know, talk about one of these upcoming matches about oh man, you know, it's back, you know, for for Watts to use. The term mm. "it's back" is means he feels like it, it's been gone a while. Yeah, wow. And so, so, so he is trying to find stars. He's trying to create a star in Brickhouse Brown. He's, you know, he's he's still feeling his way out with what's he going to do with the uh, uh, the Barbarian and Jake. He, he, he's still trying to figure out what he's going to do with this TV title. You know, this is a lot of feeling out. Yeah, but 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 as Phil said it was still something that was as good as it could get for us watching it on TV. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and we were going to, we were going to tune in next week for sure. Big time. The thing Watts is really interesting. So last week we had the big post WrestleMania one speech talking about Mr. T and the movie stars. And next week Watts is on the offensive again. And, and um, I think this is, if for nothing else, um, you're looking at, you're looking at history here because you're looking at, you know, territorial wrestling changing and one of the kind of prominent like genius promoters from this time starting to feel the stress of 
you know, Vince McMahon changing things and not necessarily changing things to a point where actually I wouldn't go as far as not necessarily changing things to a point where most wrestling fans don't like what he's delivering because it's not real core pro wrestling. And you, most people would say that today, core pro wrestling fans don't necessarily like all the stuff that WWE does. Um, and I think that's, uh, if that was me then, and I'm like, um, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm in WR, Mid-South, you know, I'm, I'm world-class. And all of a sudden there's this thing over here and it's like the matches are really short. The quality's bad. We've got Mr. T coming in. He's in the main event at their biggest show of all time. It's like, this is the sort of thing that if Twitter was a thing in 85 and I was watching, I'd be losing my mind. But you think my rants last week, weekend, Phil, were bad. I mean, you think I, I could have, I would have hate, hated, hated this stuff, but it, you know, it, 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 it changed the game and it wasn't really, you know, you could say it, you could say it to a certain extent about 98, WWF actually because if you watch Raw in 98 the matches were no more than five minutes you, you might get a main event that was pushed a bit longer but that wasn't a promotion that was built off of um later work rate became more important but that first kind of big Steve Austin run from when he won the title in 98 wasn't wasn't off work rate apart from maybe the pay-per-view main event so yeah it's just it's, it's just inter- yeah it's just interesting how you know how how history was changing, but I will tweet out your your details on on Twitter. So any uh, you know any Mid South questions, got the experts available to you, and we shall chat to you all again very soon. Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed it, why not head over to Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button, follow on Spotify, or press whatever you need to where you listen to this show to receive the episodes as soon as they are released. We love reviews at Mid-South Moments, so why don't you make my day by leaving a five-star rating? Also, if you're interested in guest hosting in the future, please do reach out at Mid Moments on Twitter, and I look forward to speaking with you all again very, very soon.